0: Hey, this is Pastor Hubbard. I'm the pastor of Connecting Fellowship and welcome to Life on the Ship. Thank you for joining us. I pray this sermonic discussion inspires you and empowers you to connect with the true and living God. Enjoy the message. Turn with me, if you will, to an Old Testament book book of 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter number 17. And I want to break right into this text and begin at verse number 8 and read down through verse number 16. When you're there, say amen. If you're still looking, say wait for me. Or you can join us by looking here on the screen. I want to read it today from the modern English version of the scripture where the word of God says, the word of the Lord came to him, the him here is referring to the prophet Elijah. So the word of God came to him saying, arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon and live there. I have commanded a widow, somebody say widow.'" I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he got up and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and said, please get me a small cup of water for me to drink as she was going to get it. He called to her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand verse 12 says she said as the Lord your God lives I do not have bread but only a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a jar listen to this I'm gathering two sticks that I can go in and make it for me and my son so we may eat it And Elijah said to her, "Do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make a little cake for me first, and bring it to me. And afterwards, make some for your son and you. Y'all missed that, didn't you? Do I need to start over and read all of this again?" Verse 14 says for thus says the Lord your God of Israel the barrel of meal will not run out Nor will the jar of oil empty Until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth Verse 15 y'all are to shout right here So she went and did what Elijah told her to do And she he referring to the prophet And her household ate many days barrel of oil did not run out nor did the jar of oil empty according to the word of the Lord which he spoke by Elijah. Let me rewind this go back up to verse number 15. She went and did what Elijah told her to do and she somebody say she he and her household ate many days bowl of milk did not run out, nor did the jar of oil empty according to the word of the Lord. I want to put a tag on this text at the start of this Christmas season and talk about, I need a miracle. Would you help me preach this message this morning, repeat after me, I need need a miracle. miracle. Would you say that like you really mean it, I I need a miracle. Amen, amen. You may be seated. Father, bless these next few moments as we open up the pages of your book. Give me preaching power is my prayer. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Help me declare the marvelous truths that are written here in your law. In Jesus' name, all of God's people said "Amen." amen. Amen, amen. We live in a day and time when the vast majority of people do not believe. Sierra, in miracles. A miracle is just simply an extraordinary manifestation of God's divine power in a situation or circumstance. Miracles are, in a very real sense, some of the most amazing events in biblical history. But the truth of the matter is, they are not always easy to understand, or better yet, comprehend. Yes, miracles an extraordinary manifestation of God's divine power. My brothers and sisters, there are those who contend that miracles no longer take place as they did in biblical days. There are cynics and skeptics who argue where are the seas that are divided <laughs> to reveal uh, ground dry enough to walk on? Where are the men and the women who are cured of incurable diseases? They want to know where are the men and the women, the boys and the girls who were dead and now live? These cynics and skeptics want to know where are the Daniels who escaped ferocious lions. They want to know where are the Hebrew bars that came out of fiery furnaces. They they want to know where are the great victories over enemies with weapons of least destruction. There are people who just don't believe in the extraordinary manifestation of God's divine power. My brothers and sisters, the Bible is replete with examples of miracles that blow the human mind. Perhaps that's why they are called miracles. They are miracles because they defy human logic. They are miracles because they rob us of human logic and rationale. They, they are miracles because in a very real sense they cannot be replicated or duplicated in some scientific lab. They, they are miracles because they happen at moments when you least expect them. Miracles come when all hope is lost and when there seems, yes, to be no other way. Come here Moses, when, when did your miracle occur? Moses would testify that my miracle began to occur, listen closely now, the moment Mm -hmm. I said yes to the Almighty God. (laughs) Moses could testify that miracles began to happen in my life and in the life of my people the moment that I embraced and believed in this God of the miraculous. The more I said yes, the more God began to insert himself into what seemed like impossible predicaments. Yes, miracles. Extraordinary manifestation of God's divine power. And this, my brothers and sisters, is what we see in our text. We see God inserting Himself into an impossible predicament in the life of a prophet named Elijah, and in the life of a widow woman who is in. A dark place. Have you ever been in a dark place? I'm not talking about a physical room. I'm I'm talking about a dark place. Have you ever been had a dark period in your life? Where the struggle was real? I'm talking about dark places where your life was filled with difficulty after difficulty. Issue after issue. Problem after problem. Setback after setback. Dark places. That dark place where you feel helpless, hopeless, and powerless. And I come by to tell somebody this morning that dark places leave you exposed. Yeah. Dark places make you feel trapped. Dark places isolate and imprison us, locked up and disconnected. Dark places are where your mind plays tricks on you. Yeah. Uh, if you've ever been in a dark place, you know you can't sleep at night. And you can't think straight because you are in a dark place. And this, brothers and sisters, is the tension in our text. And our text, there's a widow woman who's in a dark place. And she's in a dark place because, here it is, she has no vision for her future. She's in a dark place. She's in a dark place because she has no productive or progressive plan to escape her dismal reality. She's in a dark place. She's in a dark place because she has no resources or connections to get her out of her perplexing predicament. Somebody say dark place. place. And I don't know who I'm talking to today, but somebody looking and listening is in a dark place and you can't see your way out. You're in a dark place because your future looks hopeless. You're in a dark place because your resources are few. You are in a dark place because you feel lonely and isolated. But child of God, I got some good news for you. God has a word for those who are in dark places. I wish I had some help in here. God has a word for those who need a miracle. Somebody looking and listening needs an extraordinary manifestation of God's divine power. If that's you, tell your neighbor, neighbor, I need a miracle. I come to tell you that whenever God is about to move, whenever God is about to demonstrate his divine power, he always sends a word. That's the truth we see in verse number eight. Verse eight says, the word of the Lord came to him. That's Elijah, y'all, saying, arise, go to Zarephath. And I'm about to shock my own self-happy because God has a tailor-made word for those who find themselves in dark places. And when you are in a dark place, I come to tell you that God will send a word through you to those who feel helpless and hopeless. The Bible tells us that God tells Elijah to get up and go to Zarephath. Zarephath means a place of trial. Zarafat is the place of difficulty. Zarafat is the place of persecution, but also Zarafat is a place that simply means that God is purifying you and maybe, I don't know who I'm talking to today, but maybe I got to take a pregnant pause here because this is not in my notes. Maybe I'm looking or talking to somebody who's in a place of trial and difficulty, and maybe God is trying to purify you in that place. And here it is, I come to tell you that God will send the word through you to those who are helpless and hopeless. And I'm talking to somebody whose address says Houston or spring. A Powerland, or Arcadia or Sugarland, or Missouri City, or some other city in this yet-to-be United States of America, but in a very real sense, you are living in a place of trial and a place of difficulty. And that's a word for you, regardless of your residence. God knows, yes, how and when to send you a ready word. I said he'll send you an on-time word. Can I get a witness here? I said God will send just what you need in the nick of time. The songwriter was right when he said he may not come when you want him. But he'll be there right on time. Because he's an on time God. Yes he, is. yes he is. God sends a timely word. And beloved I don't know who this is for. But God sent me to encourage somebody that feels like they don't have any more strength left. No joy left. No hope left. No patience left. That God has a word for you. And the word from the Lord is, uh, are y'all ready for it? The word from the Lord is you will not run out. Oh, y'all missed that. Somebody should have shouted. Somebody should have got up and ran around the building. Somebody ought to help me to preach this this morning and say "You you will not run out. Oh you may get low but you won't run out. Your resources may dwindle but they won't be depleted. Your bank accounts may have low balances but you'll still pay your bills. I come by to tell somebody that all you need is just a little faith. God will move mountains for you. All you need is just a little faith and you will discover that God will restore your hope. God will bring your joy back. God will give you a reason to celebrate even when you're living in a place called trial and difficulty. That's what faith in God will do for you. The child of God places his faith, places his or her faith in the one who is faithful. In the old testament, the word faithful is a very close, uh, very close to the word truth. It literally means truthfulness or reliable. And so in Psalm 145, verse number 13, the Bible says that God will always do as He says, And He will fulfill whatever He has promised. Mm-hmm. Yes. Somebody shout, God is, God is faithful. You see, we can have faith in God because God is faithful. Yes. It is our faithfulness in God that inspires our confidence in him. See, we can have faith because of God's faithfulness. And I need about three people to help me preach this morning. and Just tell somebody, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Or come on and talk to somebody this morning. Tell them, have faith in God. Have faith in, faith in, God. Faith in God. Have faith in God because faith in God never disappoints. Yes, God. Yes. Do you see what happened in verse Number 10, verse 10 says, here it is, so he got up and went. <laughs> That's faith, my brothers and sisters. Faith causes you to move even when it doesn't make sense in the natural. Yes, yes, yes. Lord, have mercy. Faith will make you say yes even when all of the evidence says no. no. My brothers and sisters, miracles are birthed when we say yes to God's word. Yes. Bible says Elijah said yes to God's word, and his yes was evident. By his actions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What what did he do? Do you see it? I'm glad you asked. Y'all asking good questions. This morning he did not simply offer lip service to God. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's the problem. Too many people say yes with their mouths, but not in their hearts. Mm. Too many people have told God yes, but never made a move. Too many people have voted yes, but did nothing after that. Mm. Yes always follows. It's followed up with action. Bible teaches us that Elijah demonstrated his yes by his obedient actions. He got up. Did y'all hear me? He got up. And not only did he get up, but he went. What God said to go. He went, listen now, to the place of trial. He went to the place of difficulty because God was not only going to take care of his personal needs there, But God was going to use him to take care of the widow's needs. Can I blow y'all mind right quick? God was going to take care of the prophet through an unlikely candidate. God help me to preach this morning. God did not send him to a wealthy benefactor. God did not send him to raise support through wealthy donors. God sent him to a widow. She is a woman who has no husband. She is a woman who uh, has no resources. She is a woman with no social rank and no social standing in her city. She is a woman on a fixed income and no additional means of financial support. And God sends the man of God to a single parent who is struggling to put food on the table and struggling to make ends meet. Y'all not going to help me. She's struggling to pay bills, struggling to keep a roof over her and her son's head. In fact, verse 12 identifies the seriousness of her plight. Bible lets us know that all she has is a handful of meal and a little bit of oil in a jar. Oh, y'all going to help me to preach it. All she has is a handful of meal and a little oil in a jar. Y'all missed it. All she's got is a handful of meal yeah. and a little oil in the jar. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have money in the bank account. Yeah. She doesn't have a stash hidden under her mattress. Yeah. All she's got is a handful of meal. Lord have yeah. mercy. Yeah. And, a f- and a little oil in a jar. Mm-hmm. She has no resources and God sends the man of God to this woman. The Bible lets us know uh, that that's all she has. She is a woman living in a place of trial. And beloved, some of the dark places are just that. They are just trials. You see, because the text reminds us that it was an extreme trial. Because the Bible says that Zarephath is in a famine. Are y'all listening to me? This was not a country that's dealing with inflation. Inflation, you see, is simply when uh, the price of goods and services increase. But if you have income, you can still manage. This is not inflation. This is a famine. And a famine is when there are food insecurities. A famine is when the goods are limited. A famine is when eggs are few and milk can't be found in the cooler and grocery shelves are empty. A famine. She is in a famine, but she has used what she had to survive. Amen. And now she's down to her last. Just a handful of meal yeah. and a little oil. Yeah. It's not even enough to make it another day. Yeah. It's just enough for today. Did yeah. you not hear the seriousness? You not hear her plan. She says that my plan is to eat this meal and die. She don't even have plans for tomorrow. Tomorrow somebody else will be planning her funeral arrangements. But God has a word for those who are in need of a miracle. Let me ask you, do you need a miracle? If you need a miracle, then you are a candidate for a divine word. And this morning I want to talk to somebody in the physical and virtual sanctuary who feels defeated and disillusioned in an unprecedented time of unemployment. There's a word for that man or that woman who feels like this Christmas season, there's nothing to celebrate, nothing to shout about. There's a word for the woman who can identify with the woman in this text who's down to her last. And I come by to tell somebody there's a miracle waiting for that single man or that single woman who feels hopelessly lost in an ocean of broken relationships. I said, I got a word for somebody who's facing some medical challenge, some financial setback, that there is a reason to hope again. And that word is right here in the text. In our text, there is a man I want you to know that if uh, all you have to hold on to is the word of God, you have enough to make it. (laughs) Did y'all hear what I just said? I said, you got more than enough to make it. Just like the prophet had to say yes to start the miracle, the woman in the text had to co sign with her yes to continue the miracle. So, all I can do, all I'm coming by to tell you is that you have to say yes to God's word to continue the miracle. You see, the smallest yes matters to God. It is your yes that will turn your situation around. That's the power of yes. I have to caution you, I have to caution you, I I, I said I have to caution you and tell you that saying yes to the promises of God can be costly. It's right here in the text. She only has a little. All she has is a handful of meal. Another translation says all she's got is a handful of flour and a little oil. She does not, listen, have enough for three people. She only has enough for two. And there are no side dishes in this meal. There is no extra like you had on Thanksgiving. There is only scarcity. And saying yes to God to bless the man of God first before serving herself or her son was going to be costly. Oh, y'all didn't hear me yet. Let me see if I can unpack this for you. Let me see if I can unpack it. If she said yes, and that was nothing left, then either she or her son was going to have to go without saying yes is costly. Can I go deeper? She could have said no. I said she could have said no. She could've said no because she was a widow. She could've said no because uh, she was on government. That was no government assistance. She could've said no because there were no food stamps. Uh, there were no food patches. She could've said no because she was a single parent. She could've said no because she was on a fixed income. She could've said no because she was trying to overcome the prospect of shame and ridicule. And if there ever was a person who had a qualified no, it was this woman. And I have to pause and testify that many of us have untimely responded to God's word with these kinds of fears. We hear God's word Sunday after Sunday and are stirred with profound emotion and receive God's promises. But what happens after we receive God's word? Are we just hearers? And not doers of God's word. The brother of our Lord Jesus James wrote in his letter. Be doers of the word. And not merely hearers deceiving yourself. The Lord. I come by to tell somebody that the Lord is looking for those. Mm -hmm. Who are so in love with him that they are willing to say yes. Even when the price seems too great come here mama come here mama let me ask you a question can you trust God when blessing others might cause you incredible pain I said can you trust God when blessing somebody else might cause you incredible pain look at this woman's impossible request look at her response her response is she to the seemingly impossible request verse 15 is shorter material the text says Listen, the text, verse 15 says, here it is. Are you ready? She went and did what Elijah told her to do. Oh, y'all missed that? Did y'all not hear what Elijah did? He said yes. And listen to her yes. She went and did what Elijah told her to do. She said yes to an impossible request. She responded to him with a yes. Somebody say yes. Yes. Say, I want to help somebody who needs a miracle. God will bless anyone who has a willing heart. Mm. God will use anyone who yields to him. That's what we call intimacy with God. When you love God, you respond emphatically with a yes because you love him. Even when his request may cost you dearly. You say yes to him even when his request defies human logic. Can I get a witness here? You say yes to him when it's going to have to make you make some hard choices and decisions. Mm. The reason why, can I tell y'all the reason why I go where I go. The reason why I serve the way I serve. The reason why I give the best of my service. Telling the world that the Savior has come. Is for the sake of love. And I'm not ashamed to admit it. I'm completely in love with God. Because I'm undone by his love for me. I walk in forgiveness because he loves me. I'm saved because he loves me. Whatever he asks of me, I can't help but say yes. Yes. Because of all that he's done for me. And I don't know about you, but I've decided to love the Lord at any price. Mm. I said I've decided. I can't decide for you. I I can't speak for you, Brooklyn. I can't speak for you, Sherry. But I've decided that I have to love God at any price. And God is looking for people who will say yes to his word. Because blessings and miracles always follow intimacy with God. If I had time, I'd, I'd tell you about Noah who said yes when God told him to build an ark. If I had time. I would tell you about a man named Abram who said yes. When God told him to leave his family and his country and go to a land where I'll show you. Amen. If I had time. Yeah. I would tell you about a woman named Esther who, who said yes. When Mordecai told her to go before the king and save her people. Yeah. I said, if I had time. Mm-hmm. I tell you about those twelve disciples who left everything they had when Jesus told them, Follow me. Yeah. Blessings and miracles. My brothers and sisters always. Follow intimacy with God. Amen. She only said she not only said yes in speech, mm-hmm. but she said yes in her action. Yes, yes. She mm-hmm. went. Somebody say she went. She went, she went and did yeah. what Elijah told her to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah. Mm-hmm. You might want to write this one down because this one, this is good right here. This is good. Exponential blessings mm. are the result of a single yes. Oh. It's in the text. It's right here in the text. You see, her blessings followed her obedience. Look at what happened. She said yes. She went and did what Elijah told her to do. And the Bible says that uh, as a result of her singular yes that was followed up in obedience. She he and her household ate many days. Wait a minute. Y'all missed it. Moments earlier, mm-hmm. she was going to have her last meal, That's right. and she was going to die. Yeah. But now when she said yes to an impossible request, mm-hmm. huh, exponential blessings yeah. were the result of her singular yes. Well, I got to leave you now. May the Lord bless you real good. But if you're standing in the need of a miracle, then say yes to God. Yes, sir. And can I tell you why you ought to say yes to God? You ought to say yes in word and deed because one day on. the Son of God yes, said yes to his father when the father asked him to become a sacrifice for the sins of this old world. Jesus left the comforts of heaven to bear the burdens of the cross. And on a hill called Calvary, he laid down his life for you and for me. Can I get a witness here? He died. Didn't he die? But somebody ought to shout early on a Sunday morning. He got up securing our salvation. You see, and when you say yes to God, yes to what God has done for you, I come by to tell somebody, watch God bless your yes. Because that's what God does. He blesses all of the yeses. You see, uh, the Bible says that because she said yes, this widow woman who said yes to God, she, the prophet Elijah and her son, ate many days. The Bible says that her barrel of meal did not run out. Nor did a jar of oil get empty. Because God brought her through a famine. God brought her through her scarcity. God brought her through not having enough. And I don't know who has told you to give up and throw in the towel. But I come out to tell you that if you say yes to God, God will turn your situation around. Is there anybody who know what I'm talking about? Is there anybody who can testify that God turned my situation around? That I was down to my lies, but God stepped in right on time. That's what God does. God brought her through not having enough. So if you're in here today and if you're watching online, if you need a miracle, it starts with saying yes. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for another uplifting and inspiring message by Pastor Hubbard and the staff of Life on the Ship. For more information about our church, go to ConnectingFellowship.org. We are Connecting Fellowship, connecting people to Christ, church, and community. Thank you again for listening. Have a great week and God bless you.